Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. We kick off tonight with an issue that is so much part of today for so many of us in our epidemic of busyness, the growing demands of work and the economic pressures we all face. It's the guilt that so many parents feel acutely about the number of times they have to choose between work and family. Lots of times, family, kids, husbands, wives come second place. It's an issue raised by the Shadow Treasurer, Joe Hockey, who quite unashamedly and revealingly has written a piece for the Mamma Mia blog on the guilts he feels as a dad in the midst of an insanely busy political life. Joe, welcome to Open House. Well, good evening, Lee. Great to be with you. Joe, was there a particular catalyst for you to come out and declare your dad guilts? Uh, well, it's a good question, actually. It was... Uh me and Fred, we were chatting and previously run into her a couple of times and talked to her about the challenges of parenting and uh, it, it just came together and, and I said, you know, there's not a day that passes that I don't feel guilty and she said, go for it. So I did. You could have said no though, because this is a pretty touchy subject. It is and it's the hardest thing to write, Lee, I must say. It's, uh, I suppose in a sense it was cathartic, but it's also something I know lots of other dads feel. And uh, it's interesting because this week in Parliament, colleagues on both sides of the chamber have uh, come up to me and said they really enjoyed it. It encapsulated what they go through and, uh, and interestingly, a lot of their wives had sent it to them. I was going to say that. This is dads and more and more wives as well. Well, that's right. And, and I think a lot of, you know, I'm not saying it's unique in politics at all. I, geez, it applies to so many things in life now. Yes. So many jobs that people have because... The traditional nine to five, you know, Monday to Friday working week is not really there. And for many families, that puts huge additional pressure on their lives. And also, now there are so many momentary distractions. It could be mobile phones, it could be Blackberries, iPods, iPads, uh, iPhones, the whole lot. I mean, you, you feel as though you need to constantly be in touch. Yeah. Can I ask you about your own dad? He was also a fairly absent father, but for different reasons. Yeah, well, dad came to Australia with nothing back in, uh, on the 3rd of September 1948. And like so many migrants to Australia, he had to work incredibly hard to get ahead. In 1969, he started a small business of his own, and uh, you know, to make that business work, he had to work seven days a week. And so, I've got a big soft spot for small business people, and many of them are family businesses. But um, he was often too exhausted at night to engage, and never had time. But you never doubted his love for you, and you regard him as a great dad still. Absolutely, but I mean, it's also the case that I'm appreciated his contribution to me more and more as I got older and uh, you know he's my hero and uh, when he had the financial capacity to not work a Sunday uh, uh, I was 18 at that point so I was the youngest of four children and, and it's only then that the future of the family had been guaranteed and he was able to engage with me more and I understand how hard it was he never knew his father so I suppose in a sense you know, there's, there's no guidebook to fatherhood. This all has a particular potency, in addition to your article, with a book out this coming week by James Button, the son of the former Hawke government minister, John Button. Like you, he was away all the time, and James now writes about how much John later regretted all the absences, regretted the lack of intimacy with his son's lost opportunities to be closer to his children. 
look, I, I understand that. And, you know, as I said in that Mamma Mia article, it was, you know, 5.30 in the morning. My uh, oldest son gets up very early. It was the other day where he said, Daddy, can, you know, do some Lego with me at 5.30 in the morning. And I went downstairs and we, we put together some Lego and it was just, it was actually a magical moment. No noise, no one, you know, no one else was awake. The sun started to come out and I thought to myself, this is what, what it's meant to be. I so admire the fact that you did it because you could think of 50,000 excuses not to. Well, there's always an excuse not to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of like everything. It's hard work. Being a dad's hard work and being a good dad is uh, even harder. You know, you can't have excuses. Someone once said prophetically, you know, think of the people that will be around you on your deathbed and they're the ones you've got to spend time with now. And, uh, you know, as much as uh, I love politics, work and have lots of friends, particularly as we get closer to the chance to be in government, you get more and more friends. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'd say to you, you know, the, the relationships are, are nice, but they're not certainly anyway, in any way as meaningful as that of a father to a son or a daughter. But how do you reflect back on that if you're away, as you say, half the year at a state? I suppose the one advantage of modern technology in that regard is video conferencing and, and mobile phones that you can talk twice a day. John Howard gave us some excellent advice once uh, when, when we first came into Parliament. He said, no matter uh, how you feel, you've got to ring home twice a day. And even if the conversation seems really mundane, um, you make it interesting for the family because, uh, you know, you just can't let that umbilical cord to your family be, uh, be cut. Tell us the story of that defining moment when Xavier and Adelaide were suddenly confronted with the reality that Dad was a public figure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah, well, we were coming back from the park... Uh, and it was one of the rare days during the last election. And, oh, look, Xavier was about five and, and Adelaide was about three and a half, something like that. And uh, they were scooting uh, along and suddenly they just stopped and, and stared into this house down the road. And uh, and I thought they'd seen a ghost or something. And they turned around and said, Daddy, Daddy, these people have a photo of you in their front yard. <laughs> it was my campaign poster. <laughs> And I never thought of it in the front yard. So, Poor little kids. I uh, know well, they were shocked, and then we had to explain the the blue team and the and, and the red team, and Daddy's on the blue team, and uh, and that worked for a year until uh, my daughter came home from preschool one day and said, and she was really cross with her mother, and she said, "Mummy, you told me about the blue team and the red team, but you never told me about the green team." So uh, I tell you, it's uh, too close to home. <clears throat> Can I share something with both you and our listeners that you'd never know about? A couple of years ago, my family and I were in Darling Harbour in Sydney, where they have one of those little tourist trains. <laughs> there was only one carriage occupied for this particular circuit, and it was you and a couple of your kids, Joe Hockey, not at all worried about who'd see you. And I thought, what a magnificent dad, in the midst of a no doubt insanely busy life. Jeez, you know, that train, the zoo train... <laughs> All the trades at the Botanic Gardens. I mean, I've been on them all. And Xavier had this wonderful and beautiful obsession with trains. He constantly wanted to do it. And at that time, my wife was... It seems like she was heavily pregnant for years. And, and she was pregnant with our third child. And I'd take the other two out. Inevitably, they'd want to go on the monorail and then go on another train and then go on the Darling Harbour train. So... Uh, you'd take up a whole day going on trains, but it was terrific. They, Time they, well spent. Yeah, absolutely. It's special. And yet, when you miss a birthday, school concert, ballet concert, 
What does that do to you? And what do you say to them? Well, it was it was very hard the other day, you know, missing my my son's seventh birthday, and uh, you know, I went down to Devonport to to give a speech on a Friday and a Friday night, and I just was determined to try and get back for his soccer game, which was. Uh, at about 10 o'clock on a Saturday in Sydney so I drove for an hour and a half after finishing the function around to Launceston and basically uh, slept in the motel for four hours and then caught a 5.30 flight out of Launceston to Melbourne and then Melbourne to Sydney and rushed straight out to the soccer and I I got there just in time so yeah yeah but if you make that effort they really do appreciate it, oh, you know, yes. even even as a seven-year-old. Yeah. Your wife, Melissa, who you've mentioned, mm. has had a very significant corporate career in her own right in the past. She doesn't let you off the hook much, does she? That's right. I mean, I, you know, there's no, as I said, no guidebook to being a parent. And uh, so when Xavier was born, I was uh, <clears throat> a minister in the Howard government, quite a senior minister. And, um, well, I thought, you know, well, uh, how am I going to manage this? And she said, well, you're going to take some paternity leave. I said, really? And I went to John Howard and I said, I'd like to take paternity leave. And he said, well, great. Has anyone done that before? No, no one's ever done that before. In fact, uh, only one person had ever taken maternity leave. So I was the first and, and when I was there, I was constantly listening to Parliament on the radio. And I graphically remember, you know, and I was doing all the things that the parents do. I was driving uh, Xavier around as a very young baby in the middle of the night trying to get him to fall asleep in the car and so on. I remember going to uh, Helensburg Tip, south of Sydney, uh, dumping all the dirty nappies and listening to Question Time when they were referring to me on the radio in Question Time. And I was thinking, if only they knew what I was, what I was doing. And it was quite happy because when I was... Uh, when uh, John Howard... Uh, appointed me Minister for Workplace Relations. He rang me on and he said, Joe, uh, what are you up to at the moment? And I said, uh, you really want to know Prime Minister? He said, yeah. I said, well, I'm actually changing a nappy. And he said, well, great. I've got just a job for you. I'm going to make you Minister for Work Choices. And, you know, I'm sure if you can do that, you can do this. Classic. You know? Yeah. Joe, we pushing ourselves too far, too hard. You mentioned in your article... The Genesis dream of a day of rest, which I have no doubt we're wired for and is good for us, and yet we'll rarely take it. Well, that's right. Uh, particularly in politics, um, I've ended, got all these Sunday programs, and uh, yes. and for my marginal seat colleagues, and, and you know, it's not so much a case because I've got a big CBD in my electorate, but for a lot of my colleagues, there's a lot of Sunday functions. It's so tempting to go to them all and not get to the things that really matter on a Sunday for the family. And it's a balancing act. You know, that can be anything from just spending time with the family to going to Mass or something. It's it's a challenge because, again, it comes back to this 24-hour, seven-day-a-week that, that many people have. So what's the lesson or what's the answer for dads and, again, for that matter, mums? Lee, I'm not ha- holding myself out as a, as a martyr here. I mean, I know so many people right across Australia have these challenges and, in fact, have many much more significant challenges. I think the experience makes me a better legislator. It makes all of us in Parliament uh, more understanding of the challenges people go through. I think there's been a real sea change in the 16 years I've been in Parliament from, you know, the traditional middle-aged male being in Parliament to, to many more women and mothers. You know, we've seen the construction of a child care centre here not every workplace has it but 
that alone has had an impact on helping to change attitudes in the building. Uh, mums with kids, young kids running around the building. I, I think that makes us all better at what we do and more understanding of the challenges that people go through. And we're not perfect, but uh, we're human. And I think that's what you need in your legislators. I wouldn't be surprised on the more insane days in politics, and I know there are plenty of them, if you didn't sometimes think of chucking it in and practising more of perhaps what you're preaching in this context? I suppose the difference between politics and other jobs, and, and not all other jobs, but many other jobs, is that you have to believe in politics that you're serving your country. I think a lot of people in Defence Forces do that, a lot of people in, in, in many different jobs do that. And if you can convince yourself that you're doing it actually for your children, you know, it's not about remuneration, it's about making a difference, then it does make it easier. And you're doing it for other children and others as well. I mean, I'm sure a lot of mums that are fly and fly out minors, they do that to pay the mortgage, uh, you know, and it's a second job in the house. They do it to pay school fees. Uh, that all matters. And... Uh, and I find that hugely impressive that people make those sort of sacrifices. And yet those kids of yours are still at home needing the one-on-one -on -one attention. Well, that's right. I mean, we had both parents working extraordinary hours and we've had a, a nanny for that period. We had three children under five. But even though we've been very lucky to have terrific home care, it's never a substitute for the love of, you know, uh, love of a parent. And, and also the acknowledgement of, uh, you know, a parent's love by the child. Joe Hockey, very much appreciate your time. Thanks very much for joining us on Open well, House. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.